Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. E buongiorno, mi amo in the spagnolo. I tried. That okay, was I tried. Italian. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Look, I tried really hard, but I didn't quite get there. I'm one of your co-hosts, Liam S. Smith, and I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of your co-hosts. Today we watched uh, episode eleven of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's episode two of part two, Battle Tendency. This episode covers chapters forty-nine through fifty-three of the manga. God, they really got through that, didn't they? Mm. Man. So I think this one was called Master of the Game. Uh, the Game Master. The Game Master. Although there's probably like variation based on translation. Game as of there always the Master. <laughs> so yeah, this was a weird one. Yeah. Um, it just escalated from like, I am the most manly to... <sighs> this episode gives us our first taste of basically what... I hate to say like all the fights in the show, even though like it's a shonen series. So it's structured around like the protagonist having a repeated series of fights. Mm. But... This gives us our first taste of what the, the fights in Battle Tendency are like, where the, the antagonist is always like, wow, Joseph, you're so stupid. Well, ha, 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 ha. And then Joseph, having been like crying on the floor or something, is like, no, you're so stupid. I win. <laughs> just like, look, I have hand grenades. Look how many hand grenades I have. Yeah. Oh, it's just... It's, okay, look, it is very stupid at this point. And I don't think I fully... Okay, I was telling you how... I had watched a lot of JoJo's before. Yeah. Or at least up until the next episode. Yeah, up until, like, the next episode. But just, I don't remember appreciating the stupidity as much as I do now. Maybe you were going into it being, look, expecting something that was more serious or something. I think part one really got me on the, yeah, he's a guy and this is ridiculous. And then this came along and went, oh, yeah, it, it is ridiculous. Like, we know it's ridiculous. And I went, I don't want you to know. I just, I want it. Okay, bye. I was thinking the other day, there are these, this concept in improv that there are, like, three basic architects of improvisers. There's the head, the heart, and the X factor, right? So heads are people who are really logical and, like, sort of think things through and also walk the audience through things a lot. Mm-hmm. And hearts are people who do things based on what they want to get out of the scene and what their emotions are. Yeah. And, and the X Factor is someone who tends to do unpredictable things a lot. And I think if you applied that sort of principle to Jojo, and Jonathan's very much a heart. Yeah. And I think Joseph is somewhere between the head and X Factor archetypes. He is both, and yet none of them are the same. <laughs> because obviously in any system, people aren't going to be entirely one. Yeah, but like he's they... just... He's all of them. Let's be honest, he's all of them. <laughs> He's the trifecta. Joseph doesn't want to be a heart, but when he loses his temper, he is. <laughs> he doesn't want to be a head either. He doesn't really want to be an... He doesn't want to be anything. He just doesn't want to be there. Yeah, he doesn't want, you know. He just is. He so, is as is. we pick up right where we left off with... With a Tommy gun. Yep, just, just shooting the heck out of Jolene's Cafe in New Irene. York. Irene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Irene's Cafe. Named after, was it, Pretty Irene? Or Beautiful Irene? or something. Yeah. I got confused because of something that happens a long way away with those two names in in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. All right. Okay. So Joseph is like, wow, straights, I'll let you choose. I can destroy you with sunlight, ham on, or I could just smash your brains in. <laughs> so that's the head, the heart, and the X-Factor, really. <laughs> so we know that he knows things about vampires because Smokey last episode narrated how we didn't really know a lot about ham on. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, as in, Joseph didn't know much about Hamon. Yeah. And how he was like, I know, I, I know a bit about Hamon. I can do these things. I'm not really sure how, but I can. But he knows about vampires. I mean... Hmm. Maybe he was lying. Well, Arena said 
that she would definitely tell his descendants Jonathan's story. Yeah, that is true. I wonder if Joseph's dad knew anything about Hamon. Uh, so there are like a couple of women freaking out in the cafe after he just shot it up. We get some very distinct shots of the lights in it having been shot out. Yeah, with the weird little chandelier. And then, so these women are freaking out and then Joseph creeps on them in a really uncomfortable way. Oh, the one that's like, hey, you better scram or else I'll French kiss you. Yeah. Somewhat how more unsettling in the way he delivered it in the dub, Mm. where he was like, if you don't calm down, I may have to make out with you. Like, <laughs> fuck off, Joseph. May you have asshole. to. You may have to. No, but I think that's sort of the point he's getting at, is that he has to really creep them out because he can't let anyone know that there's vampires. Right. And there's a good, also a good shot in this where he's looking around the shot-up cafe and he picks up a cup full of coffee. Yeah. And then the cup falls off the handle and he just, like, oh. I love how he does it so delicately. He's like, ah, at last the coffee. Ah. Oh. <laughs> So then I think we might get a shot of Straitzo lying on the floor, bullet riddled. Oh, no, no, he, he investigates the bullets that he shot. It's like, yeah, and they have dents in them. These bullets have strange dents in them. And you immediately go, you don't fucking say. I hope what self. I shot was a man, because then the worst thing that will happen to me is just time in jail. <laughs> I mean, when you really weigh up the possibilities here, time in jail versus vampire. Just being murdered by a vampire. Yeah, but time in jail... <laughs> Yeah. If only there was a part of Jojo that explored time in jail. It would be illustrious. Now, the OP. The OP. We cut to the OP. Okay. So, our new song is called Bloody Stream. It's by Coda. Bloody Stream? Yeah. Oh, that's ominous. I don't know how I feel about this. It's more poppy, maybe, than oh, some for of the sure. anime? For sure. It's definitely a lot more uh, upbeat. And again, the lyrics are sort of uh, a rough analogy for the things that are occurring in the part, although they're more sort of thematic than describing specific events like part one's was. I can't remember them off by heart, but it starts off with talking about how, like, I think in one of the translations I've read the phrase is, the ancient pillars have awakened from their slumber, or something like that. Given what is going to happen... Next episode. Uh, oh no, end of this episode. Yeah, at the end of this episode. Maybe that's a bit more literal. Yeah. Than... But then, like, it starts, like, when it hits the chorus or whatever, it, the lyrics are things like mystify the darkness and dodge at the last second well hang on a minute which is basically everything joseph does in a fight yeah yeah it's just that's what he does he just makes darkness and then dodges yeah that's what he does so i want you to try to describe the visuals we're getting here because i'm gonna have a harder time doing it without like mentioning character names yeah okay so so again it's computer animation like in uh sadame well here's the thing it is but it isn't until the end Because what I noticed, right, was that it's all sort of 2D for most of it. When when we actually see characters in proper light, they are like those computer animated Ah, rigs. Or are they? Yeah. Damn it. No, because I thought they were um, just like 2D hand-drawn stuff. And then at the end, they were all in 3D because it's like, oh, it's getting closer to the first part in that maybe Joseph is going to grow up and be more like his grandfather. Right, okay. Right? No, but the thing is, it's a lot more colourful. Yep. It is... A lot more colourful. It is vibrant. Joseph is doing flips and shit. There's a guy who has some balls, not like... Yeah, he has some balls on, like, some string Yeah, and one stuff. of the first shots is, like, two um, iron balls with J's on them clanging together. Ah. The ball is the O. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like, some guy has these balls. Uh, there's a lady who 
spins off into the night. She's she's very naked at one point, but she has no nips or anything, and you're just like, okay, this is like Ghost in the Shell now. It reminds me Maybe that shot, an and also this, like you get a lot of coloured coloured silhouettes mm. of Joseph and another guy. That shot and those silhouettes remind me a lot of the sort of thing you would see in like early Bond openings, where you have like those silhouetted women and and they're doing like cool poses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of poses in this. It's definitely more camp. There are also a few more shots of that big red jewel we saw at the end of the opening credits. Last yeah. W- uh, closing credits last week. Yeah, which I still have no idea what the hell that's all about, but I feel like maybe it has some importance if it's now in the end credits and the opening credits. Mm. It's like the mask, but not the mask. <gasps> what could it mean, Liam? What could it mean? You shoot ham on into the jewel and that's how you create double vampires. My god, double vampires. You think it was a double vampire, but it was him. Dio. Double Dio. <laughs> if there's two Dios at one point, I'm going to be so happy. That actually happens in uh, one of the recent spin-off games, because that's about like time travel. Yeah. So two different Dios from different time points team up. It's really cool. Oh, great. I'd love if like they team up and at the end, one of them tries to backstab the other one, but then the other one was also trying to backstab the <laughs> other one, so they just backstab each other at the same time and go, What? How could you do this? How could you do this? I did it first, damn it. That'd be great. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot more flamboyant, uh, a lot more vibrant, a lot more colourful, and a lot more fun, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair to say. Yeah, there's a lot more fun things happening as opposed to part fair, one. I guess it's probably like, fair to say of the part in general, like... Yeah, I got that vibe. Joseph is kind of an arsehole, but he's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, where well, you're just watching him and going, ah, ah, that little conniving youngster. Yeah. Yeah, but it's quite a marked shift from epic, operatic... Georgia sort yeah. of stuff. So, um, getting into the episode proper, Straight So stands up. He stands up in that sort of really vampiric typ- way. Yeah, typical vampire way where he's kind of stiff as a board and he just sort of rises up. His chest is very much out as yeah. he rises. Like, Ooh. His arms hanging back. Yeah. Almost as though he was Ooh. dead. In a shot that was. Actually, just one more thing about the OP. We noticed today that it had subtitles on it, which in the lyrics. Yes. Which was new, because I'm pretty sure when we watched Sonichino Sadame, that was all unsubtitled? Yeah, everything was unsubbed until the last episode that we watched. Okay. So maybe that's just Crunchyroll being like, maybe we should sub these yeah, OPs. Yeah, yeah. It's odd. Anyway. Anyway, um, so Straight So, in a shot that was censored last time I watched it. So you didn't enjoy it, but I did. That's because, weird. <laughs> well, no, because I'm... Okay, hang. So I, like, uh, I'd love me some Cannibal Corpse, you know, as you do. Love me some death metal. So I'm like, oh yeah, gore. He oh, yeah. sticks his finger into one of his the bullet wounds in his leg and, and gouges drags, up to the next yeah. one. He just sort of drags his finger up almost effortlessly. Pulls the bullet out. And opens up. Gross. Yeah, just a rather large gash. Pulls out the bullet and goes, ah uh, yes, I don't need this. And just flicks it away. Yeah. And then immediately after that, he just does the, the rest of them out. He like does a flex and the rest fall out. Yeah, which... Is super manly, can I just say. <laughs> I flex so hard that bullets came out of my skin. I don't really rate straights very highly, like, as a villain. Uh, well... He's just so bland. He was a good guy at one point, so that probably isn't helping much. Even his dub voice, it's just, it's really like, sort of, uh, it's not bad voice acting, I think it's appropriate for the character, but it's just so sort of lifeless. Well, he is dead. But Dio... On the inside. Ah, uh, yeah, true, but Dio is, yeah. Yeah. This is a sort of example of sort of the only sort of example of shonen power creep in JoJo, where Straight So is the exact sort of person or being 
that Dio was in the last part, but he presents much less of a challenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not really full... No, he's full vampire now, isn't he? Yeah. But he does explain in this next bit, actually, that he he thought Dio's big mistake was trying to take time and figure out his new powers before dealing with all his opponents, Mm. um, which gave uh, Jonathan time to become strong. So he wants to kill Joseph and also Arena now that he thinks he's killed Speedwagon so that everyone who knows about him will be dead. Yeah. But he probably could have taken time and figured out the ice trick that Dio did. That almost won him all the battles. Yeah, the thing that makes you indestructible against one of the only things that can kill you. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't very smart as a villain, was he? No. Especially later down the line where he's just full naked. But we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. So, Joseph brandishes his gun again and tries to shoot him, but it's out of ammo. Uh, we get a really cool shot where he's like holding up to his face, and basically the basically the American flag with a color shift is in the background. It's so good. Yeah, it's like, um, do you have freedom in you? Because I have freedom in me. Prepare to get trounced, and then he puts hum on through the. T- no, that happens later. Oh, first, um, straight so starts shooting eye beams. No, that happens after the. No. Nope. Okay, never mind. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shoots eye beams. Yeah, the- he gives the eye beam attack the name that it was so desperately lacking in the last part. <laughs> Because everything that is unexplained needs a name. In the dub, he says, um, Guns will fail. However, I can fire high-pressure essence from my eyes. Look deeply into my space ripper stingy eyes, Joseph. <laughs> the space ripper stingy eyes. Yeah. And we get a shot of the, the surfaces of his eyes rupturing as the high-pressure fluid launches out of it. As space rips. Hitting Joseph square in the neck and the forehead. And you're like, oh, what? He's dead. He, shot, he got shot. Or is he? And straight so is like, well, that was easy. Time to stop looking at him, even though he's still standing up for some reason. <laughs> and step out of the cafe. And he's talking. And then Joseph is like, next, next you'll, you'll say. say. <laughs> and then he turns around. And then Joseph's like, next you'll say, how could he possibly be alive with that hole in his head? What? How could he possibly be alive with that hole in his head? What? <laughs> amazing and then joseph sort of smugs around a bit and is in the dub in in the sub he's just like uh now if if you're wondering how i'm alive take a look at that clock (laughs) and uh in the sub he's a bit more uh like artful about it he's like you wouldn't happen to have the time would you points (laughs) up at clock to reveal (laughs) that it's all that the clock is backwards because he's been standing in a mirror the whole time okay so on the one hand, at first I went, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> but then it clicked that vampires can't see themselves in mirrors. Or clothes, apparently. Or their clothes. No, that does make sense. Because, like, every time you see Dracula looking in a mirror, they can't see their clothes. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Which, it seems weird that they can't see their clothes. But at the same time, it does make sense that and then know was a mirror. Joseph runs up behind him and hit, clocks him with the butt of the machine gun. He's like, I can channel Hamon through this. It's like, it's like a big baseball swing. Yeah. And just... Knocks him down. Yeah. It's genius. It's actually fucking genius. <laughs> yes, that's basically what Joseph does in fights. He he outsmarts his opponents. Yeah. In really stupid but genius ways. So he thinks he's won. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he does the same thing that Straight So basically just did. He's like, well, that was easy. And then tries to walk away. But well, hang on. He's like, I've heard that uh, that Hamon melts vampires' faces. I want to get a look at that. Yeah. And he goes, walks up to him and tries to, to have a good squiz. <laughs> So then he walks up, notices that he's not dead. He's fine. He's actually not dead at all. 
He's totally all G. He shoots more eye lasers and we get a colour shift as Joseph does like a really smooth bend back. Like the Matrix-esque. Yeah. And (gasps) the laser just like grazes the tip of his neck. Spurts out just a touch of blood. And then I think he jumps back outside at that point? Not yet, no. Straight so explains that the reason it didn't work is because of the special like ripple user scarf he's wearing. Oh, which that's made from 30,000 different beetles or something. Yeah, Santa Perosia beetle. Do they exist? I googled it and the first Wikipedia result was uh, the name was the Wikipedia page for a beetle, but I couldn't find any reference to that name on that beetle's page. Okay, so maybe not the most real of beetles. So, it's, yeah, it's the stum- 30,000 stomachs of a Southeast Asian beetle. It conducts the ripple much better than humans do. So, it was like it just gr- grounding it. it. Yeah. I'd hate that they used the term grounding, because I'm like, that's not what it means. But at the same time, disperses. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm, okay, well, just let that go. Like how in Pokemon, anytime you're wearing rubber or touching rubber, uh, you can't be electrocuted by Pikachu. Yeah. Well, as long as he's off the ground. Then... He tries to hit him, but <laughs> Joseph pulls a string, and, and on that string is a fucking hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when did you slip that grenade into my cloak? No matter, I'll just easily throw it away. So he like flicks it off very vampirically. As Joseph is jumping out the window. And goes, ha ha, look he at says, what that string's attached to. Yeah, he says, I was still able to pull one over on you, wasn't I? Oh, and you should God. take a look at that grenade you, lock- you knocked away. Oh, God. As the grenade that he knocks away has string on it attached to the rest of the grenade. There's maybe like a dozen on the <laughs> back of his scarf. There's like a good eight plus there. Easy. So, Straight's just like, oh, no. <laughs> just explodes. He just goes off. They look back in and they're like, uh-huh, I've bested. Oh, no. Yeah. I haven't bested him. And what's... Uh, Smokey's Smokey's there Smokey's all like Oh shit He literally starts praying For like Just don't kill me And I'll never steal from people again Come on God God. You know I'm on the level I'm a whole I'm a good guy I'm really a good guy They're sitting there watching Like his arms and legs Claw themselves back together And As they've been dismembered Because he exploded His intestines start writhing And like Everything starts piecing back together And all the blood in the room Starts soaking back into him A crowd has gathered for Obvious reasons. They're like, what the fuck is that thing? And Joseph starts talking about using... He still has, like, one last ace up his sleeve. He's going to use his ultimate technique. I really liked the way they they led into this in the the dub. Joseph says, I have a secret weapon for situations such as this. And Smokey says, really? What kind of weapon? Why, isn't it obvious? Look at his legs, Smokey. I basically blew them to smithereens and they still haven't fully healed yet. That's our ticket there. What, what do his legs have to do with your weapon? Then he slaps his own thighs and says, My legs are in great shape. <laughs> and we get like a shot of them like over the main shot. Yeah, and they are in great shape. There's lots of stars in that shot. It's so good. They include the slap in the close-up. Yeah. So it's like this really high def motion from like up here at his hip down to where his like thigh is. Yeah. It's not much, but it's just like, they're in great shape. <laughs> so what are you going to do then? Run as fast as I can. Make way. Move out of the way. Just starts legging it. <laughs> So good. So at that point you think, oh yeah, he's got something. He's got, okay, no. No. No, he's, he's running away. <laughs> and then, cunningly, there's a close-up on his eyes as Strizzo jumps through the roof of the building. And a girl reporter approaches. <laughs> well, first he's like, well, that sucks. That's going to take me a while to heal from. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Vampires, that sucked. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, get out. So, so yeah, this girl get... reporter's there. Yeah, we get a close-up of Jojo's eyes where he's like, follow me, Strizzo. Follow me. All right. 
Yeah. I didn't notice that myself. Oh, well, there you go. And then we see the reporter lady. Yeah. It's like, this is going to be a hell of a scoop. The papers are going to be all over this. Yeah. We get... The weird, oddly specific thing yeah, that it's... JoJo's is now rather well known for to me. Part two does this a lot where you get like weird, weirdly specific stat pop-ups. Yeah. So we learn that um, Straito can... What is it? 425... Uh, 235 kilograms per centimetre squared pressure exerted from his fingertips. And you're just like, what? And he crushes a rock. Yep. And his leaping ability is 4 metres and 22 centimetres. You just go, thanks. What? Yeah. What? He jumps off the rooftop and lands behind the reporter and she's like it's right behind me isn't it <laughs> i don't think we actually hear it a... no we do hear a scream don't we yeah yeah shoots into the night sky yeah and smoky and joseph arrive at the brooklyn bridge i assume or another notable new york bridge that i'm less familiar with <laughs> one of the bridges that was around at the time yeah that looks like the brooklyn bridge it's a wide so smoky's road. like we did it we got away and joseph's like no don't you hear that and then we look up, and there he is. He's nude, because all his clothes got blown up. Yeah, they, I mean, when we say he exploded, he he very much yeah. exploded. You can't heal clothing, but you can heal that ass. All right. He's in great shape, he bro. Is. He's, he's in fit. great you shape. Yeah. That. Yeah. And he's holding the woman uh, like like you would hold a hostage, as if he had a gun to their head. As a shield, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then he exclaims that if Jojo doesn't fight him, or come up so that he can murder him, rather, uh, he's going to kill her. Yeah, and this this is like a test for Jojo that he, sa- he says, because he needs time to heal. And he knows that if Jojo runs away now, then like, fuck him. He'll need to take time to heal and learn his powers because Joseph isn't going to seek revenge. Yeah. But if Joseph does come up, then he knows the sort of per- he's the sort of person who will come after him, like what Jonathan did. Mm. So he has to deal with him now while he's still weak. Otherwise, you know, that inner Jonathan yeah. is going to come out. And murder him. So at first, Joseph was like, fuck you, I don't even know that woman. Yeah, this, okay, I found this really weird because the whole time we were watching, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the next love interest. This is going to be the next, lo- this is going to be the next arena. And you're like, no. Never comes back. Never. In the dub, he says, first he says, I don't even know who that woman is, you moron. <laughs> and then he explained the test and he says, uh, I wouldn't fight for that floozy even if I was married to her. <laughs> Joseph thinks he's calling straight to his bluff where he's like, a, a ripple master like you would never harm an innocent woman. You're too, you're too noble. Yeah, he thinks that uh, he's too gentle or too kind because he used Harmon in the past. Yeah. So then straight so is all like... Calls Joseph's bluff. Yeah, and then he's all like, uh, no, hang on. Puts two fingers into her mouth. You hear like a crunch or something and then pulls out a tooth. Yep. And then flicks it down. Oh, okay. You're definitely willing to do that. And then you get an awesome shot of Joseph being like, Oh no. It all goes red. He loses his temper. He was actually going to do it the whole time. And then I think this isn't the part part where he rips his shirt, jacket and tie off all in one smooth motion. And I don't mean he takes them off like you would in an anime movie where they reach down and grab their waist. (laughs) He literally tears them to shreds, leaving only his white singlet. And it's amazing because... for a couple of seconds, there are still tatters of sleeves around his arms, but they fall off in a bit. I love that as he's doing this, he, like, gets more buff. Yeah. For no real reason Artistic license. Yeah, other than, yeah, he's angry. He's going to get more buff. And you just go, okay, sure. And he just... Climbs up onto the struts of the bridge where Straito oh, was. If you thought, like, part one, they were a bit too buff. Oh, boy! We get a real good shot of him, like, taking, like, a really meaningful stomp in his direction, which I guess kind of parallels that J- Jonathan did the same thing when he was facing Dio. Yeah, which is damn nice. He looks very uh, purposeful in this yeah. bit. So, I guess Straito sort of tosses the woman aside or something. Because he, sa- he says, at least in the subtitles we watched today, that if Joseph came up, he would let the woman go. Yeah, I think he uh, just, like, drops her. Yeah. Like, off to the literal side. Maybe shouldn't have thrown away that trump card there, buddy. Yeah, no. 
But it doesn't matter because he needs to kill him. Yeah, so Joseph's like, hey, I'm here, fight me. And he shoots the eye lasers again. But Joseph, he's on that ship. Yeah. He's brought- Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, fiddly D. <laughs> you almost had it, if not for completely fucking- uh, he, actually says, he actually says in the dub, um, fool me once, then shame on me. But unfortunately for you, straight, so you'll never be able to fool me twice. <laughs> <laughs> so what does he do? Okay. <laughs> okay. So he's brought with him two shot glasses that he now has between his index and middle finger. Yeah. I don't know why no one carries anything with their index and thumb, <laughs> but like for some reason it looks cooler. Yeah. And he's like, Shoo. he sort of poses artfully with them. He's got like one by his face, one down here and goes, yeah. aha. I've already seen through this trick before. Yeah. I know how to take care of it. So as the lasers come, he puts a heap of ripple into the um, into the shot glasses and we get a real cool slow-mo shot of the laser, which, as you recall, is high-pressure energy or fluid, or e- essence or fluid, yeah. going into the shot glass, curving around it and shooting back out the other way. It goes, like, full slow-mo as it curves and then wham! Beautiful. And then uh, straight so is all, like, shoot straight. What? So the one one still hits Jojo in the side. The arm or But the one that was going to hit his forehead shoots back and hits straight so in the head. And it is quite the shot. Yeah, he says, uh, I was pretty sure you'd go for my forehead again. Predictability can be quite the fatal flaw. <laughs> oh, he done goof now. Yeah, and then straight so sort of just jumps and attack tries to attack him, and uh, Joseph punches him in the face with a good heaping helping of the uh, the hammer. Now, normally when you say yeah, he just punches him in the face, wouldn't really help the situation, but it does. It's like a big old haymaker. Yeah, he says, uh, "Give my best to Speedwagon in hell." I mean, really, it's just it's flawless. Granny should be able to sleep well tonight. Finally, aww. In retrospect, if it all took was just punching him, he probably could have just done that after the grenades blew him up as he was reforming. Yeah, but Joseph doesn't seem like... Not, not really his style, is no, it? No, he doesn't seem to think things through so much as think it on the spot. Yeah. In a very good and methodical way. That's actually something yeah. That's something that I've heard described about the protagonists in Jojo a lot. They're really good quick thinkers, but less good sort of... Um, I guess you would say slow thinkers. They're yeah. less good at methodically planning things out. But in the heat of the moment, they're really good at observing the thing they need to know and making the right decision based on it. Yeah. They're really dumb right up until they don't have to be dumb. Yeah. So Straitso starts falling off the bridge and he jams his fingers into the side of it. And uh, then Jonathan grabs his arm and is like, wait, I want answers. Yeah, that's right. He was going to fall because it wasn't quite enough. He didn't get him in close enough. Yeah. But then he's like, I got you, fam. <laughs> um, and just, he just, I think he starts interrogating him by going, you would have killed me. But you didn't. Why did you leave the body? Because he moved... He would have killed Speedwagon. That's right, he would have killed Speedwagon, yeah. You would have killed Speedwagon. Why did you move his body into the river? Well, it was because of the Pillarman. The Pillarman. He starts talking about how, even though they, they seem di- very different, Joseph has Jonathan's like intense curios- curiosity, and he's going to learn about the Pillarman. Then he's going to meet the Pillarman. Then he's going to die. <laughs> and I wonder if this is like his equivalent of... Tom Petty's prophecy ability. Ooh, possibly. Because it seemed very sort of prophetic that he was saying, he was he started talking about fate beforehand. Yeah. Your curiosity has trapped you in a fate you can't escape. Hmm. I mean, he has become the one true Hamon master. So maybe he's gotten so attuned with it that... He could read the rip- waves of yeah. Joseph energy that were currently punching him and destroying him. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. During this interrogation scene, we also get a very, very pointed shot of um of straight so exhaling mist, and we hear a we hear a, a ripple noise, mm. and then uh, upon divulging the information but, about yeah. the pillar, but actually, um, as oh. he's talking about how you will meet the pillar man and uh, etc., um, he says Joseph responds in the dub, "Oh, shut up! I'm done decoding your rubbish, straight so." <laughs> 
Yeah, he's not a very uh, not very wise man, is he? <laughs> so, um, straight so predicts that uh, the Pillar Man will soon awaken from his two thousand year old slumber. Dun dun dun. Ominous. Yep. Ominous alert. And then. As you were getting to before, he created the ha- his own Hamon in his body and sort of like self-immolates himself. And Joseph's like, what? But this means you're creating Hamon inside of you. Glorious beams of light start shooting out of his rapidly rupturing body. And then he just sort of disintegrates. Yeah, he gets a sort of closing monologue about how he has no regrets because he doesn't mind dying, but he didn't want to die old and decrepit. He wanted to be young. Young and full. Yeah. Young and full. Don't know if those are two words that I'd use to describe my... Youth? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really full, am I? I describe you as a young fool. Oh, very nice. Nice work. Anyway, um, we cut away from straight to his falling body to a brief history lesson about the Second World War. <laughs> Which, when I was watching it, I just went, what? what? So the narrator tells us that it's 1938 and the Second World War is breaking out across Europe. Dun, 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 dun. And that the Nazis are seeking world domination, not only through technological means, but they're also investigating the occult and... Astrology. Yeah. Sorcery. Yeah. And alchemy. I mean, I'm keen to see some of that. And this is something, this is something that pops up in fiction a lot. I don't know if it is true that the Nazis, like, looked into occultism as possible Oh, they did. They definitely did. Okay. There was a lot of... Hang on. So I'm not really a World War II buff at all, but I'm just going to spout some nonsense. No, but what? Citation needed. Yeah. I basically remember seeing that the Nazis were really into researching whatever means that they could to just be more dickish about it. Yep. Uh, Because this was at a time when industrialization had sort of happened, but this was the first... well, World War I Everyone was, was at very one. similar sort of levels of technology. Yeah, the World War One was like the first sort of war that happened with industry, and World War Two was the one where industry was paramount to victory because yeah. they were like, oh well, we now know the secrets of the Industrial Revolution. Tanks, we can yeah, think this through. Better airplanes than in yeah. World War One. Yeah, and so more and more engineers are coming forward, just being like, I can make you a better plane. I can make you a better ship. I can make you an atomic bomb. Yeah. Ooh, didn't work out very well for anyone, did it? Yeah, it was all about like finding. The the next best thing that would get you the one up on your opponent. Yeah. To the point of, hang on, but this is war. Hang on, yeah. What if magic's real? Yeah, like what? Should we should we, should we investigate? Because no one's really done this with any sort of rigor before, because they've always discounted it. So the Nazis were one of those guys that went, okay, any means whatsoever. Which is why they. What was the the angel of death guy? Oh, um... Who ran, like, that massive camp that just experimented. He was a doctor who was given permission to just do anything. And so, I think even to this day, we're still finding weird experiments that the Nazis did. And you just sit there going, Yeah, maybe you should just have focused on, like, not being dick. But the dreadful part is I hear a lot of our current understanding of the human body is based on those atrocious experiments. Oh, probably. Like, they learned what the actual mechanical effect of getting really cold and dying from that is. And... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, like... Russia looked into that as well at some point because I remember at one point, I think it maybe it was in World War Two, they couldn't afford uh stuff like morphine or uh uh what do you call it? Just any sort of like anesthetic yeah. whatsoever. So instead they were like, shit, we need a better way of doing this. What do we have a lot of? And one guy went, uh, we have a lot of ice. Huh. What happens if we like freeze someone and so instead of like getting anesthetic and stuff, they just oh, put, no. they just get a whole bunch of ice, wait until it was dead, like cold. numbing them. Yeah, and they went, cool, how are you feeling? And he was like, uh, I can't move. Not great. Yeah, he's like, I can't move. Fantastic. And then they do the surgery then, and then be like, cool, wake you up, right as rain. And it worked, and it was crazy. And you're like, oh. I don't like that at all. So anyway, yeah, the Nazis did a lot of bullshit stuff that never went anywhere, but uh, they definitely looked into the occult at some point, because they were willing to look into anything. 
Yeah, so um, that that takes us through to the nut secret Nazi base in Mexico. Oh, that was like there were so many atrocities in World War Two. It was a desperate time. Nazi secret base in Mexico. Yeah, it's in like a sort of villa. Uh, yeah, like a mansion sort of thing. Yeah, and then beneath that is a a lab facility. Yeah, so I think it so, immediately opens on von Major von Stroheim. I mean, the man who would go on to become the inspiration for Guile. <laughs> Wait, would he actually? Yeah, look at his hair. Wait, was he actually the inspiration? I mean, like, visual inspiration. Oh, okay, alright. Except not a dick. Yeah, because Guile is all about America. Yeah. No, it's really funny. Although, I guess, I don't don't really know a lot about the Street Fighter story, but if Guile is a big patriotic guy, that is a parallel to how Stroheim is hecka fervent Nazi. Yeah, just imagine, like, that, but American, and that's Guile. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I remember when I was watching it. Someone once said that fascism would come to the United States cloaked in the Stars and Stripes. <gasps> when we were watching it, I remember the first thing I said to you was, man, that is a cool looking Nazi. Yeah. He's got like glasses. So we first met him, he's wearing like aviator shades. Yeah. He's wearing his, his uniform jacket, but no shirt. Um, he's got some sweet chin He's action. in the SS. Oh man, he's up there. You initially thought he was really cool, but he then he immediately poisoned that first impression. Yeah, like within, I think, 10 seconds yeah. of me going, man, that is a cool-ass Nazi. Not to, you know, sort of demean anything, but damn, that is a good-looking Nazi. Oh, hang and on. And then the woman who's shaving him... Accidentally uh, The Mexican him. woman, because they're basically taking all the locals hostage, yeah. cuts his cheek, and he's like, lick it clean. And I just went, oh no. And then, oh, as if no. that wasn't bad enough, after she's done looking it clean, he grabs her tongue and, like, puts the the, sh- the shaving razor underneath it, and is like, go on, if you're not careful, you'll cut your tongue. Go on, care. It's like something... Um, Barry, Barry Bolton in Game of Thrones would do. Yeah, it's like something that a Nazi would do. Just to really hammer it home. Guys, this is not a good guy. He's not the, he's not the guy you should root for, even something though Something that cool. it's going to show up later in part two is depictions of Axis countries in World War II that are a lot more sympathetic than we often get in Western media. And I think that's as a result of Japan being one of them. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, the thing is, whenever you talk about, like, any sort of country that was sympathetic with the Axis. It's kind of like one of those histories always written by the winners yeah. sort of deals where like you go to like Vietnam or something and they'll always just be like, yeah, no, the Vietnam War wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was just driven by like different things. Yeah. So it's something you see not infrequently in anime, things mm. like that, where, yeah. for example, basically the entire political structure of the country in Full Metal Alchemist is Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite uh, understandable. How is Hitalia? Yeah, it's quite understandable why they're doing it because you go, oh, well, you know, this is just how it's run. That's but just, yeah. it never, like, clicks that you're like, oh, wait, that's right. Nazi. At least at first, Jojo gives us really strong out-of-the-gate impression that these Nazis are really bad guys. Yeah, licking the wound, yeah. And then what happens in a minute... Oh, yeah, that as well. His little torture session is interrupted as another SS officer comes in and is like, Sir, the man we pulled out of the river has woken up, and we learn that Speedwagon's not dead. Yes! Yes! He's not dead. He's in a hospital bed wearing A, bandages on his head, but B, something that looks halfway between, like, a full body cast and a straitjacket. He's almost dead! <laughs> he's so close to death. He's surrounded by Nazis in a Nazi secret base in Mexico. (laughs) He's pretty perturbed to be there. Let's just say he's not looking too great. Throughout this, I just want to get it over and done with uh, 
at the top. Yeah. Throughout this scene, Stroheim is being really like weird and almost sort of OCD. Mm. The first shot of the scene is him like spraying for flies pretty obsessively. Yeah. And like first he starts coughing at the poison, then he keeps doing it. And then a couple of times throughout the scene, he just starts going over to the sink and gargling. I think it's sort of one of those things where, oh... Here are some things that you'd love to do, Speedwagon. Maybe you'd love to get rid of these flies. Maybe you'd love to have a drink of water. I just got the impression he was really sort of persnickety. Or yeah. obsessed with cleanliness. It, uh, yeah, possibly. He is a Nazi, so... Mm, I hear the Germans are very orderly. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things you... Like, one of the dumb things you always hear about Germany. Like, oh, they're very orderly. They're very efficient. Yeah. Like, there's much more variation in cultures than that. Oh, don't say that, Liam. By which I mean within a culture, there is much more variation of people. I'm sorry, we're both Australian and we both drink heavily and... <coughs> oh, yeah, I'm drunk right now. <laughs> I joke about that, but we had we were lightly buzzed last we episode were, yeah. and we might be next episode too. <laughs> I think my favourite thing that ever came out of that whole German joke thing was I met a girl from Germany and I was like, yeah, so... What do you think about, like, drop bears and stuff? And she was like, oh, is that, like, one of those jokes how all of us Germans are really into cleaning? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, into cleaning? It's like, yeah, you know, like, cleaning up, you know, you know, like, oh, oh, no, 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 drop bears are real. And then she actually believed drop bears were real. But then she went, yeah, okay, well. And then as she left, she was like, well. Yikes. Yeah, no, Germans, quite scary. Not that all Germans are scary, but as we just proved with consistent logic and not making fun of anything at all, everyone in those cultures is always the same. Well, okay, getting back to the show, it's reasonable <laughs> to assume that most Nazis in fiction are bad people. Yeah. Well, let's just say if he's a Nazi, he's probably a bit of a dick. Just the whole point I was going to make was we have a friend who's living in Japan right now and um, we were watching the news together and I was watching it and going... This doesn't look any different from, like, 1940s Japanese news. And he was like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of propaganda going on. And I went, hmm, this has a weird, like, fascist vibe to it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it does. And I went, okay, all right. So, like, I think most Japanese people are probably okay, quote unquote, with, like, all that. Like, sort of, oh, yeah, he's just a nice guy. Vote for him. And they go, but he's such a nice person. I'll vote for him. Uh, to the point of where they probably don't want to see anyone else get in power because they're not nice people. Quote, unquote. All right, yeah, I'm not really up to date on yeah, modern yeah. Japanese politics, and yeah, it's probably it's beyond the scope of our podcast, yeah. so let's uh, let's bring it back to JoJo. TLDR, Japan likes emperors. Yep, all right. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Stroheim opens, uh, like, a big iron window to reveal that they've moved the Pillar Man from the ruins into the secret Nazi Mexico base. You fool! Speedwagon is like, no, he's powerful enough to destroy us all. Don't do it. He guesses. <laughs> I think maybe he saw what was happening, because Straitso explained... He would have seen the, pa the statue drinking the blood, at least. Yeah, it's Straitso explained that when he moved Speedwagon's body, that... The pillar was drinking blood. The pillar was drinking blood of the bodies. So yeah. he moved all the bodies outside, so that it would stop drinking the blood. But that didn't stop the Nazis yeah. from getting a hand on it. They, we learn that they are interrogating Speedwagon as we look at like on, on, ominous shots of a big needle being pushed on a cart towards him. <gasps> a truth serum? Yeah. My god. And they basically force him to say what they want. He, the we, we get our first German science is the greatest thing in the world from Stroheim. This becomes like a running thing. It wasn't it like... We can do anything. Yeah. He speaks with like a really comical German accent in the dub. He says like, und, and <laughs> I'm not going to try to do it because that's not an accent that I'm capable of. He says, the Wehrmacht would like some information from you, from you for before anything drastic happens. Wait, is he like, we would like to see? Pretty much. That? But oh. like more masculine. We would like to see. like. That. Yeah, kind of. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, ish. But at the same time, mm, beautiful. <laughs> so, they are gonna 
go on with their first experiment where they have all these local people who have been kidnapped and put in a cage and they're all understandably terrified. They're all Mexican, they're all from the local town and they're all fucked, basically. So he's like... It doesn't look like they've eaten in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we need one of your blood, one one of your people's blood for an experiment. Choose one of you and the rest of you will be set free. They're all afraid. This young brave boy is like, I'll do it. Take me and let everyone else go. How noble. What, what does he say? It's like... Courage like yours must be cultivated. Yeah. Here we allow only the most fit to live. Set the boy aside and execute everyone else. No! That's the last time we see him. That's the last time we see any of them for obvious reasons. Yeah, Nazi dickery, basically. Yeah. And now we cut away from that to Joseph motorcycling southwards. On a hell I think, of a motorbike. I think before he leaves in the dub, I don't, I don't think there's a parallel to this in the sub, but he's like, I always wanted to see Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, we never got that. Oh, we missed the um the part where he talks to the reporter again. Oh yeah, uh, actually that might have happened. Yeah, that happens at some point intercut with the uh, the Nazi scenes, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, that goes to the Nazis bit, and then I think when they're about to cut away before the the experiment scene, oh. they go back there. Oh, all right. So it's daytime in New York, even though they're just now getting off the bridge for some reason. Yep. Are you all right, Miss? Can you tell me your name? Allow me to escort you home. And then she just punches him in the face. You- called me a hag. Why in the hell did you do that? (laughs) So in the dub, she's like, you've got some nerve calling me a floozy, you big brute. And she kicks him in the shin. I don't remember saying that. You can't even remember what you said. Smokey's like, you definitely did that. Yeah, Smokey is just right there being like, bro, don't put, just don't make a fool of yourself. He's like, what? What? I never said that you were a, you know. In the in the dub, he's like, I didn't mean to say that. It just happened. <laughs> and then when she kicks him, she's like, Yeah, I'm sure it just happens every time you talk about a woman. <laughs> God damn, this woman is really. She's getting in on. She's on point with like the modern feminism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is sort of when it was all happening, wasn't it? I guess so. Yeah. Slavery was coming down. Well, ish. I mean, it's the 1940s. Like uh, legalized slavery wasn't a thing anymore. Oh, don't worry. It, some parts it was. But like, no, because that's what the Civil War was about, Nick. Touche, touche. Yeah, that's... that's but there was still, like, segregation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no, there was, um... It's like, you still couldn't vote if you were... Yeah, bad time. And then, like, feminist movements were happening. It's like, yeah, like, we can do it. Literally, yeah. like... Rosie the... Roxy the Riveter. Yeah. Rosie? Roxy. Rosie is... Roxy the Riveter. I don't know. That'd be, like, really weird if it's like, we can do it in, like, Jojo pose. <laughs> I would love Roxy. to see that. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's listening, give me a picture of that. Fan art request. (laughs) So then all of a sudden she starts screaming in pain as the adrenaline wears off and she realises she's had her tooth ripped out. And she's like, oh! And And that's the last time we ever see her. And my hopes for a romantic interest were lost. And anyway, then Joseph's like, gonna go to Mexico, bye. It's time to go to Mexico as we get like a fade out. Yeah. Back to where we're up to now. He's motorcycling south. He's wearing, I think probably the same pants as before. And like a big yellow leather jacket and a red helmet with goggles. And the same white, white tank top underneath that. Truly ridiculous. And then as he's going through the Mexican desert, some guy jumps onto a cactus behind him. Wearing a cloak. Wearing a cloak. And then there's a tongue. He licks his knife. Yeah, he licks his weird looking knife. It has like... uh, It's like one of those Bowie knives. Well, it has like weird diagonal grooves in yeah, it all the way through. Yeah, that's a thing with knives. Is that? Some knives. The edge has like little bits in it, doesn't it? I don't know. It's, I don't know about weapons. This is Australia, not America. We're just defending everyone today, aren't we? <laughs> you know what? Fuck the Swiss. <laughs> Fucking neutral sons of bitches. Okay, yeah. So 
Then they start feeding the blood into the Pillar Man, and uh, our last shot of the episode is uh, the very tips of the statue's hair rupturing and blood shooting out. Yeah. To be continued. It wasn't really explicitly defined that they were feeding the Mexican prisoners to... I think they sort of caught on. Pretty easy to put two and two together there. I think they pretty much caught on that, oh, if we feed it blood, something's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. We're Nazis. Basically... I'm gonna gonna make that my ringtone. You saying, we're Nazis. (laughs) It goes off in like a church somewhere. It's like, we're Nazis. We're Nazis. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah, so that's the episode. Highlight? Low light? Um, we forgot to do this segment for the last like three weeks, but it's yeah, not saying that it's going away. We're yeah, still no. doing it. Basically, the highlight of the last three episodes were the episodes. <laughs> just like there's too many. There's too. I reckon the highlight for me was just the grenades. Yeah, that's my my just... two grenade trick. Or what? possibly, if I had to pick something different from you, I'll go with um shot glass trick. Oh my god, it's just ridiculous. I just love that out of absolutely nowhere. I think I was saying like, oh yeah, it's a Deus Ex Machina, but it's a damn good Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Of all the possible ridiculous things you could do, that was it. Low light, though. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go with the... Uh, I found it hard to watch the... Oh, him ripping his, like... No, I'm gonna go with the, the, the razor blade on the tongue. Ah, yeah, no. Uh, particularly before I knew that he wasn't just gonna cut her tongue off. That's like... Oh, there's a lot of tension in that moment. That mm. It's well written, but I find it hard to watch. Mm. I'm gonna say the loss of the reporter lady, because I liked her. Yeah, she, she was a cool, cool character. She however was... briefly she was in it. She was fairly dope, as it were. Even though we'll never see her again. Single tear, everyone. Single oh, he tear. left Smokey behind too. Oh, yeah, he did. Smokey wasn't there. Yeah. So we're not going to get any more narration from Smokey. No. I guess his his part as like point of view character has. <laughs> we're uh, we're up to speed now, Smokey. You can just you know go. Away. At least he did something, as in like fill us in. Yeah, he did the speed wagon for a bit. Yeah. So, Nicholas. Next, you'll say, "Oh no." Oh no! Whoa! <laughs> uh, right. So you want my uh, possible. Yes, please. Okay, so I think I was telling you when we were watching, uh, I had flashbacks. Yeah. Because we figured out the next next episode or possibly the one after is as far as you've seen. Okay, so I've seen right up to when some of the dudes awaken and then they're walking out. Oh, okay, that's a little further. Yeah, so that's when I've watched up to and I remember it now. I'm like, oh, there were dudes in Mexico. Okay, so you didn't remember Who all the details. <laughs> no, I like I remember very vague details like, oh, there was a lady and a tower. What? Why? Oh, you've seen a lot of this part. But I'm just like, what were they? Okay, so my predictions, because I can't remember fucking You, you have like flashes of images, but yeah, no context. I have, I have like, the lady that flashed up was like a master of Hamon or some shit. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense or something. I think that's what she was. I can't remember. And there was some water somewhere that they were like, oh, there'll be water. And I was like, but why were they in a tower? And who was Joseph? And what? I don't get any of this. I still don't know. Okay, anyway. So next episode. Pillerman's going to wake up. Faux show. Seems reasonable. Yep. Uh, Joseph is going to get stopped in the Mexican desert by Tungman. Also seems reasonable. Uh, John Tungman. John Tungman. We already fought Mr. Adams. (laughs) It's true, we fought Mr. Adams, who had the tongue, so now John Tungman is going to take over. In the next part, there'll be another tongue character, Jane Tungman. Ooh. Hmm, I reckon Joe isn't going to get to the Nazi base in time, so Pillerman's going to escape. Okay, interesting. Speedwagon. Okay, maybe it'll be like Speedwagon almost dies again, uh, except this time you'll act- we'll see him die, maybe. <gasps> Either that or he'll get like the straight jack and taken off by Joe and be like, take me to where you found the body. Take me. Yeah, and then we'll go to where the body was before 
and then they'll have a right old time. And you reckon they'll find more Pillman there? Yeah, they'll find more Pillman, and then Pillman wake up. End episode. Ooh. Don't know what's going to happen to the Nazi, though. Maybe he'll die. Maybe he'll die next episode. Or maybe he... W- Ooh, maybe he won't die. Maybe he'll just be like, Ah, uh, German technology solves everything. I'm out of here on a Jeep. And then just drive away. That's our episode, basically, isn't it? Whew. We did it. We got through another one. <laughs> Before we outro, we need to uh, we need to acknowledge and thank one of our, our new re- iTunes reviews. Woo! Um, Which hit me home. Ordinarily, we don't read these things out because so far they've all been very nice and just reading out compliments feels very self-indulgent. But this particular one... It struck a chord with me. Yeah. It It felt very personal. It uh, seemed like a real emotional journey. It was a rollercoaster ride of my, like, feelings. uh, So I'm just pulling it up now. I'll just keep amusing them, shall I? Yeah, you just vamp for a bit. Yeah. Put on the stone mask and vamp. (laughs) Wait, shall I keep offending people? You know what's wrong with New Zealand, right? It's always damn nice there. No, but this guy, he left us this iTunes review. It's very sincerely funny. I was like, kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I totally get it. Like, I have been in that situation many a time. And that situation is why I made this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's titled Podcasts for Beetle Haters. Rating five stars by uh, iTunes user Buttpipe. Now, note we should mention how Beetle is spelled. Oh, Beetle is in the band. Yep. Yep. So, he, he writes... Nick said he didn't like the Beatles in the first episode, so this podcast is terrible. Fuck you. I mean, what? Uh, you, oh, sorry. Be nice. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, we're getting there. We're getting there. But nah, seriously, I started watching Jojo a few months ago. I'm not up to date on the show, and I've started reading the manga. I love it. It's so great, but it's a lonely experience. If I introduce Jojo to any of my friends, I have a feeling they will never speak to me again. <gasps> so I basically use this podcast to experience the theoretical conversations I would have if my friends didn't hate anime. I just realised how sad this sounds. Five stars. It's just, as soon as it hits there, you just go, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I mean... It's good that we're here, buddy. We're here for you. We're goddamn. Um, so thank you very much for those kind words. Um, I hope you look forward to... More imaginary conversations. Yeah, I hope you keep enjoying your show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's good that you like us. We like us. Well. God damn it. <laughs> I like me. Well. I like you too. Anyway, until next time, to be continued. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, we can't have that as the outro every time. Yeah. That music was Hot Mustard by S. Strong, and now your regularly scheduled B-roll. Actually, speaking of wrong phone numbers, I got a call from a wrong phone number. Some guy phoned me up and was like, hey. You will die in seven days. Excuse me, who is this? (laughs) Is this James Monroe who lives at... At Death Lane? No. Ah. Alright, you're fine. Yeah, I'm coming back for you later. Um... No, but this this guy was just like, "Hey, how you going?" So I, the thing the thing that we talked about before, I was like, "Uh, who is this? Is who who is this?" I was like, "This is Nick." Oh, okay. Well, I think I must have the wrong number. <laughs> this is Bob from like some weird place. I just went, "Hi, Bob. I think you have the wrong number." He's like, "Okay, bye, bye." That reminds me of um, I've been rewatching Bojack Horseman season two. Um, that one episode where Todd switches place with the dictator of Cordovia. Shit, have I seen season two? Oh, God. You sh- you've got to get on it. Yeah, Better than season one, I think. And you never see what he's doing as the dictator of Cordovia. But at the end, when he comes back, he's like... A general came up to me and asked if we were if we were a go on that thing we talked about. And I said, sure. And then he said, God help us all. <laughs>
beautiful. Oh, I love like in any show where they have something happening in the background and you get to see none of it and then yeah. they just come back and they're completely different. There's an episode of IT Crowd where Moss goes on holiday and then he comes and says like, hi guys, I'm, ha- I'm back from holiday. It's like, you went on holiday for two weeks. <laughs> My favourite IT Crowd thing, it has a really good joke for why this character isn't in the show anymore mm. or why he hasn't been around lately because of production issues like Noel Fielding was away for a season because after being really prominent in the previous season because yeah. he the actor was busy or whatever and it's like so where's Richmond these days and Moss just says he got scurvy <laughs> so good so good uh, all right you want to record a podcast uh, I mean it's all right yeah